another sign to good health, and that's good mental health. Were you a Game of Thrones watcher, Casey? Oh yeah, I'm. Uh, I've got episode five of the House of Dragons on ice for me tonight. Oh, uh, dude, this is finished. Oh, nice. You know, have you gotten into that? Oh, we're into we, we, it. we're all yeah. we're all we're all caught up. Yeah, it's so, really good. Yeah. I think. It's really yeah, good. it's so good. We have like a we have like a side podcast at this point, honestly. That's yeah. just House that's... of the Dragon recaps. Who would your Game of Thrones golf foursome be, Casey? Golf golf foursome. Golf oh, foursome. Okay. Uh, I see where we're clarify up front. Yeah, because yeah. I got two answers. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I get two okay. Answers. Yeah. Um, All right. Either no, way. Either um, way. I would have to go uh, Clegane, um, especially if we're in a scramble, because I feel like he could he could yeah I feel yes. like he might be able to push it down there. 360. Um, yeah. Touched. Bomb, yeah. A bomb and gouge uh, Carry, yeah. I would have to go with Daenerys yes. for obvious reasons. That's fair. You would bend the knee to be on her team? Yes. I would bend a lot of things. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I think Tyrion, like, I'll take Brad's answer, but Tyrion, like, is is the dream sort of partner. Absolutely. Like, he, yeah. he seems like he, he he knows how to have a good time, you know? Great golf conversation. That's a strong answer. I would love yeah. to see them make a spinoff of Dornish people. Like I would like to know what happens right? in Dorn. Just yeah. it's just hedonism. <laughs> yeah. No, pure, no, pure, just pleasure, pleasure, pure everywhere. pleasure, all pleasure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In every direction. In, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's that pleasure that like inches closer and closer to pain. Pleasure's always pain. When was the last time you played golf, Casey? <laughs> <laughs> I played on Monday. I was in Dallas. And I played, I hit it all over Dallas. I hit it to Fort Worth and back. But we went to, was that a place, Trinity Forest, where they used to have the, uh, they had the Byron Nelson there for two years. But really interesting golf course. It's built on an old landfill and it's very linksy, almost Heathlandish. You have no idea what you're, where you're hitting it off the tee. It plays super firm and bouncy and yeah, it's a riot. It's, it's an, it was a good time. That's honestly one of my favorite styles of golf course. I love the the spray and pray, where are we going, visual misdirection yeah, kind of vibe. I love it. You've been a lot of places recently. The, I mean, the Golfer's Journal events, I, I had the had the great fortune of attending one. Won it, by the way. Yeah, you did. What I felt at that event is rare, but it was, well, not just because we won the thing, but... I think golf events can, they can go a number of different ways. Sometimes they can be really overwhelming. Sometimes they can be bro fests to an unpleasurable degree, just pain, no pleasure. But I think the one that I attended hosted by the Golfer's Journal up at Innis struck this beautiful balance that felt like we were in just like a complete vacuum. And for Mm -hmm. Brad and Drew, the other time that I feel like I've had this most recently was when we were at Aaron Hills and we were just like, Time does not exist outside of that space. Nothing else exists outside of that space. It's just like pure. Mm -hmm. Everyone is there for the same reason with very similar intentions. It's very like, it's very appreciative. Like you're there to appreciate the thing that you're doing, not game out on social media, not video anything for clout. Like it's all just like very pure for the golf, for the hang, for the vibe. How do you curate that experience? What's the rule book? What's the yeah. playbook? What's, because, what's the secret sauce? Because it's not it's not common. It's it's like no. it's a rare thing that you have to find out how to achieve in in golf. Like not every golf event is like that. So what? How do you approach things like that? I would like 
to take credit or for us at the Golfers Journal to take credit for that, but we literally did nothing uh, to, to, <laughs> to curate that experience. I think that it all goes back to what was your, what was the on-ramp to get you there? And all of them subscribed to the Golfers Journal. So all of them at a certain, uh, to a certain degree, care about golf, great golf storytelling and golf in the way that we've presented it, right? So the, the, the events and the people that show up are merely, you know, how I see it as just a representation of that by virtue of the stories that we've chosen to tell and the way we've told them. That is what just dropped in our lap when we tried doing events, uh, I think it was four years ago. And so, and once that, well, it, because you're right, it is a very, it's a very present crowd, you know, there, it, it's not a party, but it, it, it's definitely not a funeral. It's more of like a, <laughs> a, a celebration of great golf and companionship mm. and um, networking and almost sort of this borderline retreat camp vibe where singles come and are, and uh, are paired with a threesome that plays together all the time or uh, when two and two come together or eight come together and then they sit down at lunch and dinner with somebody else and they leave and they actually do the strangest thing is like they have a conversation there <laughs> and they ask the person where they're from and uh, and we didn't do anything except take notice and try to curate more and more and more opportunities for that to happen but mm. you're right it's a it's a wild thing and um, I lose track of time i lose track of responsibilities when i'm out there i go to most of them i've been to i think 18 or no i'm sorry 15 this year and yeah it's sort of a a vortex like the worst the only bad thing about it is sort of like getting on the plane home and and the crash that comes with getting back to real life so yeah it's, it's an amazing thing what do you think differentiates a golfer's journal subscriber uh reader listener to that of of other publications in, in media or golf or or sports like what do you think brings those like good vibes to those events that like you said you, you maybe you guys don't feel like you've done anything specifically but it's, it's there's clearly something in the water there's something in the way that you guys produce content that is different than everyone else is doing that's a good question i mean look to be a golfer journal subscriber you have to one, clear all the hurdles and obstacles that it takes to uh, be able to play the game of golf, right? So mm. you've shrunk your demographic quite a bit uh, to the people that play golf. You then have to love it to a degree, um, almost to an unreasonable to degree, to find your way through the mainstream golf noise and yeah. down the rabbit hole and to the Golfer's Journal. And then from that point, you have to dedicate or, or trust these people enough with your credit card and pay for a subscription, you know, that may seem more pricey than, or that is more pricey than, you know, the, I don't know how much it costs to subscribe to another golf magazine, but you get the point. Like there are a lot of yeah. hurdles to clear. So um, I think it's just a different degree of love and appreciation for the game. And so what you find there are all these little sort of, um, what you would call like 
golf uh, tribes, you know, golf is, is very, there's tribalism all within golf, right? You've got sure. your, you've yeah. got the people that appreciate architecture. You've got your pe- people that appreciate uh, pro golf. You've got your people that appreciate uh, fashion or more of a, or, uh, a hipster style on golf. Um, you've got the gearheads, like there, there are all these different pockets and they all seem to find a little something that um, they identify with in the golfer's journal. So I think it's just a different level of care, a different level of love for the game. Um, and on top of that, you have to uh, want to sit down and read 136 pages uh, <laughs> of small type four months a year or, or four times a year. So the fact that, uh, like Connor, you saw it, like there, were, there's lots of young people um, yeah. at our events. Yeah. I would say they mostly skew between 28 and 38 years old, which was hmm. um, really surprising and and cool to find out as somebody you know who was looking to make friends in this game or who didn't know if people were into the same things that i was into Mm -hmm. how do you get more women to golf events that's not like a an accusatory question whatsoever but like yeah it's it's the problem with all golf industry events right like yep they're except for events that are hosted by women Gruder obviously does an incredible job. Like yeah. Abby at For the Ladies does an incredible job attracting women to the game. But like I was just in an event last week. There were 40 people there, literally not a single woman. Yeah. Um, and and it's sad. It's just like unfortunate, right? Um, so like, how do we do that? How does that happen? I have no idea. Um, you know, but it, like put yourself in a young woman's shoes for a moment if you could i know that's like an impossible task but imagine the proposition for a moment of going to a golf event with 99 what you imagine would be 99 other men right it's not a great proposition to begin with i don't know how to go about breaking that down other than making it as welcoming as an environment as you can possibly make it there has been one, at least one uh, woman in every field this year, which has been encouraging. Um, mm-hmm. Over half of the events have had multiple. Um, and I always make it a point to go seek them out and talk to them and hear about how they got started in the game, how the heck they ended up here, and mm-hmm. what we could possibly do to find, um, to attract more women to the events. So I, I don't know. Um, I would like if they all brought 10 of their friends yeah. and they could make 10 friends there and the cycle would um, snowball from there. But um, this is a, yeah, it's a, it's a forever fight and well, hopefully not a forever fight, but there are, yeah. you know, there's no clear answer out there, you know? I mean, what would you say to that? What, how would you answer to that, that question? No, I, I, I agree with you. I think it's a, it's a gnarly proposition in the first place and it takes both a a welcoming a hyper welcoming environment um that does not tokenize but also makes very very clear that the space is for everyone everyone not just not just like women but like everyone and that the programming doesn't exclude women from those experiences either and i think you you touched something earlier which was that to get to a golfer's journal event in the first place, there's so much filtration that has to happen mm-hmm. from you are a golfer. You are interested in golf events. 
you are interested in golf stories, you are interested in golf stories told in a particular way, you are interested in like, you know, there's so many layers, there's so there's such stratification that you have to bust through to make it to the golfer's journal at all, let alone, you know, pay for an event. So I understand that the, it's sort of an uphill battle. Yeah. Um, I mean, and it's a, it's a really disappointing reality. My fiance plays, plays golf. She's better than me. She played in college. The things that she's subjected to, if she wants to go hit a bucket of range balls is appalling. Mm. It's appalling to the point where I'm worried if she tell if I'm, out of town or not there. And she tells me that she's going to the golf course. So, you know, there's an accountability that needs to happen on the part of men in general, but that's not revelatory. And that's not right. that I, I don't even know how to, about, uh, how to go down that road. I mean, so yeah. it's probably not going to change anytime soon, but um, yeah, yeah. The golf course doesn't seem any longer, or maybe it never has been uh, a safe space for a solo female golfer which is mm-hmm. um, a really sad, but reality. If I learn anything uh, throughout the course of these events, I'll be sure to to share it with the people who are actually trying to do good, the Abby leaving calls <laughs> of the world, and um, yeah. the Gruder Gulls don't need my help. They do it right, um, and, yeah. and so on. So, How do you think about audience in general? Like when you're at the office at the Golfer's mm-hmm. Journal and you're thinking about the books that you have coming up and you have this inbox full of stories that are being pitched to you and inevitably some some good stories are going to be left on the cutting room floor for various reasons whether they just don't they're not perfect they're not well written or or you just don't think there's room in the book what sorts of decisions do you feel like you as an editor have to make particularly when thinking about your audience because we talk about this with other other publishers as well the golf audience is such a specific thing mm-hmm. that historically has required such specific storytelling and hand holding and mm-hmm. safe play right yeah. um but i think all of us on this call right now are like also trying to be subversive and also trying to be influential in a in a positive and accepting way how does that like sit with you generally audience and what to give them what to spoon them that's a good question i think largely i'm of the belief that the audience doesn't know what they want until you give it to them um Hmm. but there always is feedback right you always need feedback loops and i i'm i'd like to think we're very in tune with what our audience is into that's why you'll um that's why you you still see us dive into golf architecture. That's why you'll still see us uh, celebrate the creators and the photographers and and the artists. I think it all comes back to as you're filtering through these pitches and things like that. I'm looking for what well what's surprising, what's going to mm-hmm. surprise the reader that's been with Golfer's Journal all along, and also the Golfer's Journal that or the reader that's new to the Golfer's Journal. And then from there, it's really about once you have things that are surprising and things that will last forever and things with depth, not just one surface level hook, but with multiple story arcs and narrative arcs and and things that will make you feel something, then the rest of the book becomes uh, kind of like an album where you need balance, right? Like Rick Rubin talks about this a lot, where hmm. he forces artists to take 
you know, if you have a batch of songs, what are your three to five that you cannot live without? Mm -hmm. Like that, that you, this has to go in there. And then from there, maybe not your best or favorite thing will go alongside that, but what will make this better and not worse. And so there, uh, and a lot of that goes, is visually with us. So you don't want 16, 20 spreads in a row of empty green grass golf course. Uh, you don't want too many found archival images in a row. That's real nitty gritty of like print publishing. But in, in general, we want to be tapping into these different tribes and different pockets of golf everywhere we go. The podcast does the same thing. And so one week you'll have Tom Doak talking about his mental health. And then next week we're talking to um, the guy that invented strokes gained about the data revolution, you know, Mm -hmm. like there's so many Mm -hmm. ways that golf can go. And it's sort of a daunting task. Like when your uh, jurisdiction is all of it. Right. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. Which is kind of what the golfer's journal is at. It's golf wherever it's played. The only thing stopping, like the only reason I'll pass on a story is if one, it is like, you know, here's five ways to improve your game or be, <laughs> we just don't have time. <laughs> like time is the, is the biggest killer of any story yeah. that we would want to tell. So that's cool that you brought up, uh, Rick Rubin. And I was going to ask if there was any inspiration from music and like being a print book, being a, like a, you have to sequence it. There's, yeah. there's limited yeah. binder space. There's, you know, yeah. you can only have 11 tracks on the, on the album. Yeah. Yep. Um, it's huge. It's everything. You know, we lay cool. it out. We lay it out visually. We'll lay it out on the floor. I think it's this office is heavily inspired by music. In fact, I get the, like an advanced copy of one that comes out next month and uh, we're playing golf with the war on drugs in there. I mean, that spread is surprising for a golf magazine, you know, mm-hmm. strobe lights blaring on stage like, um, awesome. but, you know, the war on drugs are if they're not on stage, they're playing golf and that's a golf story. That's a great golf story. As tip two in occasional rain. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we had, we had Adam on the podcast and he was like, that's what's so cool about bringing in other voices from outside of capital G golf, right? Is like they, you bring a musician onto the golfer's journal podcast or on group golf therapy. They're not getting, so what does this song mean to you? <laughs> <laughs> right. They're getting to I'll, geek out over golf, over their hobbies. Like that's what's that hurts so my special feelings because I would ask him that question. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know. <laughs> I always want to know what musicians mean by you know that bar or that 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 chorus yeah. or why they did that. It's fascinating. Yeah. Who are you listening to right now that you're that you're really digging? The pandemic totally threw my music listening process out of whack. I actually read a story on it that people dove back into older music that comforted them rather than seeking out new music. Hmm. And so I was big on new music Fridays like everyone else. Now it seems overwhelming and it feels like one big, it feels like one continuous shitty marketing rollout for (laughs) the the collaboration of the century and none of it's been good. So I just been listening to stuff I like. I love R&B. I love Summer Walker, Sade. Uh, at dinner time, you're um, the right podcast. Yeah, we're we're a Sade, we're a Sade pod. <laughs> yeah. This is a Sade yeah. house. This is Shad, This is the house Sade built. <laughs> There's never been better making dinner music ever than Sade. Yeah, 
Harry Styles might be uh, man Sade at the moment, honestly. <laughs> I have yet I have yet to dive into that catalog. Like, what am I missing out on? Dude, Harry Styles goes. He's got he's Harry's got, Harry's he's got house slaps, is uh, slaps and bobs. It's amazing, but it's a deep it's a deep discography. It, it's two, he's two for two. He's two for yeah. two on solo albums. I, I love that you talked about um, the you know music rediscovery, finding things that comfort people. Um, the the pandemic definitely taught me that for sure. But not just you know music. It was, it was golf, you know. Mm. Um, so if you would. Take us back. Where where does golf fit in your life? When did it start for you? Um, what was childhood Casey like? Was he always oh, was he always golfy? Was he you know <laughs> <laughs> was he always writing? Was he always tinkering, uh, editing things like that? What, what were you up to? I had three sisters, and uh, my dad was in the army, um, so he was he was deployed a lot when I was growing up, and he was a big golf guy, but something he had kind of gotten away from. And he tried to a couple times unsuccessfully to get me in the game. I'd say it really picked up. Um, I put it off. I wanted to play basketball. I wanted to play baseball. I wanted to run around town with my friends and mm-hmm. uh, try to get into trouble and uh, <laughs> get get away from my sisters as much as possible, even though I love them to death now. And then uh, I had a buddy in the neighborhood whose parents were members at a country club nearby. And he was like, why don't we go out? I was about 13. And the concept of playing golf, not with, you know, my dad or, you know, another uh, parental, I just always felt unease, you know, that I was doing something wrong at the golf course. Like there was a lot of rules and stuff and I wasn't They're good. About to and kick so, me out. Yeah, it was scary. And so when I went and played with him, you know, on the, some evening, nobody else was on the course and we could just, just kind of be kids. The bug went all the way through me. That was the summer before going to high school. And I tried out for the high school golf team. That year, I think I shot 52 on nine holes, which was my best ever at that point. Made the Amazing. team. Solid. Yeah, made the team. Okay. Shot 103-101, my first tournament, 36-hole tournament. And then the next year in that same tournament, I shot 79-78. So I went from you know, I 30, 30 strokes over the summer. And that was all I did wow. for you know the next eight years was live, eat, breathe, sleep at the golf course. Then I went on to play in college, then a Division two school. Um, and now my dad is, you know, he became my coach. He's a full-time golf coach now down in Jacksonville, Florida. He's got his own wow. teaching academy. So it's a golf, it's a golf family. It's a family. And wow. do, do the sisters play too? No, my oldest sister can play, but we were at Top Golf in October up in Northern Virginia and it was cold and she swung and literally her rib came out of her side and she hasn't <sighs> played golf since. It was the oh most incredible God. thing I've ever seen. <laughs> what <laughs> i was like can you stretch like how about we mix in a stretch yeah let's maybe do some yoga first. yeah oh my yeah. god so they leave it yeah she she gave it up oh my I god i mean to be that's fair i guess <laughs> we usually save this question for a little later on in the show but if you now you casey now could play a round of golf with the kid who picked it up and caught the bug what do you think the conversation would look like not even advice. Just like, what would you guys talk about? What was the, what were, what was like, little Casey geeking out on that you would be like, yo, you remember this shit? The first thing I would tell that kid is to fix the hip slide now, mm, because right. once you it's, do it, it's going to become years, a problem. Yeah. It's not. You're not going back, and you're not going to have time right. to practice. 
Right. And, and so just fix that now. Fix it. And the second thing I would tell him was that you're going to meet the best friends of your life through this game and it's going to become your whole life. And so mm-hmm. cherish the moments of you getting better quickly and this honeymoon phase right now because that is the best time of golf you'll ever have you know isn't Um, it it's the it's like the first i've never done heroin but they say the first heroin hit you know you spend the rest of your life chasing it and that's what i'm still doing you know i'm just still looking for like that that explosive that parabolic growth and rush the process and figuring it out and getting better every time you you get to the golf course you know, so like I, if I would have known that, I would have uh, savored savored those days um, pretty quickly instead of you know trying to get to my next milestone. Mm. Hmm. There's nothing worse than like the the plateau, the skill level plateau. Like I'd rather get worse than stay the same because at least it's change. It's unbelievable. I mean, you think like Rory McIlroy when he's 16 years old goes out to the Irish Amateur at Royal Port Rush and shoot 61 in the final round, <laughs> right? If Roy McIlroy plays the best golf he's played in 10 years, he'll shoot 61. You know, it doesn't ma- And he's put in 100,000 hours since that moment. Yeah. And, yeah. More exp- yeah. and he's a better golfer by miles, by an exp- yeah. exponent. Exponentially, he's a better golfer now. And yet that, that, that score on the card will tell him that he's worse, you know? Um, totally for that day mm. oh, it's unbelievable man. yeah it's a crazy yeah yeah i mean it's like it's the it's the, it's the hole in one phenomenon really too where it's like you know you don't right. have to have skill to to shoot a low score to shoot a one on, on a on a hole um and and yeah. you can be a very experienced accomplished talented golfer and never make a hole in one and some five-year-old kid can go out there and get one and that doesn't that doesn't show how you know how much skill or talent or experience you have is just some of it's just luck yeah, yeah. i'm really out i'm like out kind of out on hole in ones i'm like hot take y'all not talking right now <laughs> <laughs> i'm just out like she if, changed her number <laughs> yeah if one more 15 handicap tells me how many hole in ones he has man i'll just be like, man Yo. you've got one in every state Texco man. green yeah. <laughs> Texco <Texco> green <laughs> <laughs> Like don't don't talk to me anymore. Don't talk to me for the rest of this round, bro. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> Come on, Larry. I was playing golf with somebody like a month ago who had recently started playing. He was like a year in. Not good. Not good at all. Yeah. And we're on, you know, 13 and he was like, I can't wait to hit the ball the way that you're hitting the ball, basically. And I was like, first of all, calm down because I'm gonna shoot 87 today. So it's not <laughs> like let's <laughs> Let's temper, let's temper the praise. But also I was like, I, I couldn't be more jealous of you right now because you're staring down the barrel of all of these first experiences, all of these new yeah. swing changes and life changes that you're going to face with this game of golf. And you're going to get so good relative to where you are right now in like six months. Just hang yeah. on, hang in there. That first burst, like you were saying, is uh, well strong. So- it's it's exact it's you know it's the game the game of life you know you could go back to really any stage of your life and say well i wish i was i wish i would have just relaxed or chilled out or enjoyed that moment a little more 
right? Because you don't have the perspective of what's coming next. Or, mm. you know, in that kid's case, he sees you, I want to do that. And it's, you could see some other person in whatever walk of life and say, I want to be that. I want to do that. And then the the response would be, well, be careful what you wish for. Because you, you don't mm-hmm. know if you want to inherit that person's problems. Uh, mm-hmm. you, you, you don't know if you want to be the captain of that ship. You don't know if it has a hole in the bottom. So it really, I mean, we can make golf life analogies till, you know, for another hour. Till the sun takes his little hat off. Yeah. It's, it's really all it is, man. It's just a mirror. Golf is just a mirror looking right back at you. Yeah. You're a storyteller, a golf storyteller at that. What's your, what's your like white whale golf story? If, if you could, uh, get in on the ground level and help report on one thing tell one story in golf what do you think that would be i want to go um to robert garrigus's weed farm uh, robert garrigus has a weed farm yeah i probably somebody's probably gonna pounce all over this now but Fuck. i've been trying that's that's what i said we, <laughs> we, we can bleep this out yeah i've been trying for a couple years now and um, yeah, he's been suspended by the PGA Tour. I don't know if it's multiple times, but definitely for a significant amount of time for testing positive for it, which I think is yeah. ridiculous. Especially crazy. when you consider that this man is selling it legally at his home. Right. And so I would like to go up to... Wait, Robert Bel- Garrigus is like slinging dime bags? Like he's selling He's selling weed? He's not What's just on smoking? No, Legal- legally. It. Grows it. That's and, amazing. Yeah, legally. Uh, now I should take that back. I don't know if he's selling it. However, the way it's been proposed to me and the size of the farm, I would find it <laughs> difficult for him to. Is, this is intent to distribute. Is that a, is that a hobby <laughs> yes. farm? Yeah. <laughs> yes, he would get. Yes, yes, he would get slapped with uh, an ITD. So um, I would just like to go up there, see what he's cooking up, and he's had a fascinating journey. This is a guy that. You know, claims he was not claims, says he was addicted to smoking marijuana at one point, uh, so much so that during tournaments he would duck into a uh, a porta potty. I love that. Um, and smoke he's a bowl there. Cl- clam, he's just clam bacon porta potties all over PGA yeah. Tour stops. It's amazing. Yes. <laughs> I like that guy. He, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do too. He's he's and, every college golfer and, I played with. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh, my ball's in the woods. Um, uh, I got to go. I'll be back in five minutes. <laughs> and then there's a fire in the woods. Yeah. Um, yeah and then he got cl- and then he got clean. He went to uh, a rehab camp um, and then he ended up making a Ryder Cup with that really short putter, the kids mm-hmm. putter. And then all of a sudden he was suspended again and then apparently has a farm. So that's like that's quite a wow. that's a that's a 180 from the direction of, you know, I'm addicted and need help to now this is something that helps me and also I'm legally allowed to do it and grow it and yet my employer says I am not when he can do other things legally that are probably you know technically worse for him so I just want to go like put all that on the scales and let him sort of balance it out for me so to speak Uh, yeah yes yeah (laughs) yes (laughs) (laughs) there it is That's a great story. Uh, That's that's extremely interesting. I'm just picturing him selling bags with his face on it, you know, like those holographic, (laughs) Yeah, you know, and it's just him like. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like a blue dream bag. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. 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 
Hey, you you got any of that Garagas? That's that's crazy though. Like, what? Why? Why would golf care? It's like it's Shakari Richardson. Yeah, we talked we, about this. If, if y'all believe that, right? If weed is supposed to be this like this downer, right? Like you're gonna be lazy, lethargic. Yes. She carries a sprinter. Right. <laughs> like, She's supposed to go fast. Robert's a <laughs> right. Robert's a golfer. He has to focus. If anything, yeah. it's we didn't go help that. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, if anything, yes. It's if y'all don't chill. Yeah. <laughs> well, in some ways, they would be admitting that they think it's a performance enhancing drug. And then right. the mm. question would be, well, what performance does it enhance exactly? And so um, if it's to calm anxiety or to calm nerves or something if that's what they're worried about i don't i don't know if that's what they're worried about i doubt it then you would have to ask the question well why are players allowed to be prescribed uh, Adderall or something mm-hmm. else and and not that um, mm-hmm. and so i i think it's way too logical for it to be legal if i were playing in a tournament and you know millions of dollars were on the line and i was high i don't know that any any strength of any strain would calm the first T jitters, regardless. It would probably, it like, probably it would kick enhance. back on you. Yeah, and you, yeah, exactly. You'd, you'd have a panic. Attack. Yes, first T paranoia. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Seriously. Yeah. Be like, be like, literally, everybody's looking at me, which is like <laughs> a nightmare. <laughs> it is surprising, though. I mean, they 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 would sweep suspensions for cocaine, presumably. And other substances under the rug. Brad's winking, uh, and um, <laughs> this is an audio medium. Brad, um, and um, we'll put that in this. We'll wink, put that wink. in the sizzle. <laughs> yeah, nudge, nudge, <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> yeah, but they they announced they announced Robert's suspension loud and clear, hmm. which is uh, fucking crazy. Yeah, that they is. broadcasted that one. So why are they? How are they? How are they? How how are they? How are they able to keep? Punitive measures, quiet. I don't get it. I believe it's in their bargaining contract that they're that the you know with the players that they're allowed to. And mm. I think some players might 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 have thought at one point that it benefited them. Do you think it does? I mean, it it must, right? I mean, it, it, it kind could, of does. Benefit you know, if, them. You, if you do yeah. something that's uh, you know, th- yeah, possibly detrimental to your family or business, it would definitely benefit you, but. Now it seems like you've got a Roger Goodell situation where he's the they're the judge and the jury, and so now it's yeah. up to the it's up to one guy to make that call, and that doesn't seem fair either. So, right. Yeah. Should we hit some meat and potatoes? It's about that time. Well, since my mic's been muted for seventy five percent of this combo, I'm gonna I'm gonna kick us off. <laughs> Casey, I'm wafting. What are some of your favorite golf smells? Has anyone said uh, the hot dogs at the turn? Did RJ say hot dogs? I think RJ said hot dogs. Yeah. I thought you were gonna say. Has anyone said grass? <laughs> and I was I was I was gonna hang up the call. Yeah. You know. What? I have, yeah, <laughs> but it, it's really an unfair question because how many golf smells are there? You know, is oh infinite. Question. Oh, Do you infinite. Think so? Casey, come on. Yes, <laughs> no. Oh, come on. Depending on your region, yeah. depending on <laughs> where on. where this golf will, course is situated. I will tell you the best golf smell I've ever had, but I don't know if it counts as golf smells because smells implies that this is comp- found 
at at any golf course a, a routine smell, if you will. Yeah, Is that fair? But, but you're yeah, yeah 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 yes yes. But like, remember, you're coming from the golfer's journal, golf wherever sure. it's played, right? Thank you. Like, Appreciate so that. <laughs> shout out. <laughs> I just plug. So yeah yeah, there's 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 infinite infinite golf smells. Lakeland, Florida. There is a course okay. called I want to say is Lone Lone Palm. It's where Florida Southern, yes, Florida Southern College or whatever they want to call it, plays. Florida Southern, by the way, at one point had Lee Jansen, Rocco Media, and Marco Dawson as their starting three at a, at the same year as a Division Whoa. II school. Yeah. Oh, D two. Um, That's like so, some Florida Gulf Coast shit. Yeah. Yeah. It was, seriously, it was a dynasty. So anyway, we used to play a tournament every year there. There's a bread factory across the street, and so Amazing. you. For 10 hours on the 36 old Mondays, you would smell yeast and sugar and d- fresh, sweet-smelling bread. And, That's amazing. Uh, it was great. Yeah. I used to throw up 81s happily. That's uh, similar to Lydia's answer, too. Yeah. yeah. Food. She said, Lydia had yeah. an answer. She's like a pastry, a pastry mm-hmm. uh, a bakery or something yeah. was like. Yeah, she said she was playing the love the that. Open Championship at Carnoustie, and it was Carnoustie. like grilled hamburgers. Yeah, at the turn, like this the hamburger stand. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, eighty one surrounded by croissants and baps and loaves. Yeast. Yeah, that's not yeah. bad. Sign me up. So go play. Go to Lakeland and enjoy the fragrance of sourdough along your journey. Where where exactly is Lakeland? Um, Lakeland is about an hour southwest of anywhere you should be in Florida. So. <laughs> right. So y'all can go <laughs> to Lakeland. <laughs> if you're ever on your way to Stream Song, pop in. Okay. Casey, you you roll up to the first tee. What's your what's your uh, what's your home course right now? My home course is Goat Hill Park in Oceanside, California. Oh, amazing. Amazing. Yeah. I've yet to play it, but it's it's one of the most talked about, professed yeah. golf courses on Instagram. It does get a lot um, of Instagram love. It does. It does. it does. Which I respect. I think that's... But it lives up to the hype. I think that's I great. I think so. I think so. Yeah. I'm there pretty much it every, absolutely every does. Friday, Saturday um, when I'm home. Do you play and it barefoot often? I do. I do. Nice. I do. I like there's that also a three. A, there's a three-hole kids loop called the playground um mm. which is the official playoff setting for go to park so if you have extra holes you go play it only with a nine that's iron. cool and the oh. holes range from 40 to 60 yards oh so, i love that. i love that you have to play with a nine iron yeah and you can't wear shoes yeah that's oh that's good. beautiful all right so put a fr- put a friday on the calendar and i'm pulling up yeah that's like a two-hour drive for you, Brad. Are you sure? Are you okay? <laughs> I don't give a damn. Brad met me in San Diego one time, which is like a short flight. From exactly. Him and LeJethro <laughs> on the first tee. Yeah. yeah. That was a great day. <laughs> we pulled up right yeah, on time. That was a great, great day. <laughs> All right. So let's say you got a, you got a morning tea time at Goat Hill Park. Call yes. your name on the loudspeaker. Casey Band on the first tee. Yeah. What is is the song you want playing on the loudspeakers as you're putting the peg in the ground? It's an incredible question. It's incredible. Uh, Codeine Crazy by Future. <laughs> Woo. Woo. More of a premonition than... <laughs> I know that you know that I know that I don't fold under pressure. <laughs> Yo... And I would have to let all five verses or whatever there are play. It's a long song. 
<laughs> it's a very yeah. long song. He's uh, just standing like, I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waving my arm up and down like Bubba does at the Ryder Cup. It's an yes. audio medium. We'll, uh, it's an audio medium. Yeah, come, we'll, come on. We'll, we'll add that one to the to the playlist for sure. Um, it's going on right now. I think know. that 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 might be the first uh, that might be the first future song we've gotten. We've got we've got some Drake, we've got some some Young Thug, uh, but yeah, no future. So love it. Okay, I think it's probably probably the best rap song of the last t- ten years. It's probably more than ten years old, but I don't. It's just it's timeless. So Casey, uh, future was blasting, coding crazy. It it got you in the right mood. You won the tournament that you were playing, smelling and they invite bread. smelling bread. And they invite you back, and they they prepare a, a champions dinner in your honor. What is on your champions dinner menu? And it can be any food. It can be prepared by any person in your life or not in your life. Wow! What's your meal? Um, it's an incredible question. Again. I get do I get multiple courses? I'm assuming it's your meal. Yeah, you can your, have as many or as or as few courses as you want. That's yeah. So you could serve people nothing if you wanted. <laughs> Air, air, ice cube sandwich, um, <laughs> a vegan gluten free meal, <laughs> dairy free gluten free meal note that says I hate all of you. Guilt free. <laughs> Pl- play well tomorrow. Yeah, play well. <laughs> That's like the Dave Chappelle skit. <laughs> and I passed out bubble gum to the homeless <laughs> so they could chew it and still be hungry. <laughs> I would start with oysters, yes. uh, a round of oysters on a cold bar, uh, probably 64 of them um, to be safe for each. Any particular variety? Like, are you an oyster guy? Or are you like, a, do you know I, where, I where your oysters are coming from? I don't know where they're coming from as long as they're open and cold and don't make me sick. And they have um, a little bit of um, horseradish yeah. on the side. I was, I was going to ask it's, how you fix up your oysters. Yeah, a little yeah, horseradish. Right. That vinegar sauce with the onions. I don't know what what exactly that is. A mignonette, if you will. Yeah, there mm-hmm. you go. And yep. then some, uh, maybe a splash of cocktail sauce and lemon, mm. and then you just go. Uh, I love um, oysters. Fully doctored. Go. I love oysters. I love it. Uh, oysters are the best. Unless you have bad, unless you have bad ones, like you said. Then yeah, I've never had a bad one. So I'm, nor I. Yeah, I, I, I knock on wood, I haven't either. But I, I, I know people that that have had bad oysters, and it's it's not it's not pretty. That was me knocking. <laughs> um, we appreciate that. I'm here. We, as this is an audio medium. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that could be the new tagline for the pod, I think. An audio <laughs> medium. Group, an welcome audio to Group medium. Golf Therapy, an audio medium. <laughs> Just so we're clear. Well, should it? <laughs> the only podcast that is an entire medium. <laughs> <laughs> well, shit, as long as my dog keeps eating dinner at the same time every night, um, <laughs> folks will definitely know. <laughs> <laughs> Got that dog on a regiment. Seriously. After the oysters, I would move on to a um, sticking in the seafood trend, a, uh, a spicy uh, arrabbiata pasta, like a seafood nice. seafood mm. pasta, um, cooked al dente, preferably with uh, a thick noodle in there yeah. um, to handle the sauce. Uh, so that would be the main course. And then I would follow it up. Uh, we would probably have a coffee after. Uh, or an espresso, and then everyone would get a brownie batter blizzard from Dairy Queen. <laughs> nice, nice. Yes, and then Damn. we would all jockey. I like this. We would all jockey for position outside the restroom. 
Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like the meals, and we've had a few of these that that really jostle the the highbrow and the lowbrow. You get the oysters, and you got the the blizzard. I think that's a good juxtaposition. Yeah, I mean, I don't want Goat Hill Park's ice cream. No offense to them. But, you know, <laughs> if you're going to get it from somewhere. Is it not good? <laughs> I don't know. I don't want the oysters either, but I guess we're, we're stuck. Right. That's, that's definitely true. <laughs> uh, God bless them. They just added a hot dog stand, by the way, and it's phenomenal um, on, on Fridays. Mm. Yeah, phenomenal hot dog stand. Turn dogs. Yeah, unless, unless it's Coronado, I don't really know any golf courses seafood i'm really trying to eat like you that, would eat corn you know? oh because of location yes yeah yeah they seem like they have access to seafood at coronado yeah yeah <laughs> y'all just pull it y'all, could, y'all could pull something off <laughs> yeah yeah Yeah. if it's not like uh, they just reach down in the ground <laughs> if, if it's not like a shrimp taco i don't think you should be eating seafood at a, at a golf course <laughs> especially at like a at like a hospitality tent that's that can't be good yeah. Just cooking all day. Let me ask you this, Casey. No. Like, do you, Casey, do you think golf has good food? Do you think golf courses have good food? Um, Like I, genuinely yeah. good food? Oh, well, it depends. What, what's Cause, cause what's here, good here, here's my Here's my point. I, th- I think we've like, we've, golfers have just bucketed golf food as yeah. its own category and we accept it as kind of a shitty thing. So when we say like, oh, that golf course has really good food, we if you compare it to any actual restaurant, it's garbage. Sure. But we give it a pass. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Do you think there like have you had a a genuinely good meal at a golf course? I have had I have had several genuinely good meals, but that may be a product of um being spoiled by the golf course. Like it may have just been a really nice golf course. And so right. you have mm. a really good meal. I would say for the most part, like my my standards are pretty low when I go to golf courses. So like if you have good sure. like truffle fries or like a good fry, mm. then I'm pretty stoked. Yeah, it's like if this was group cuisine therapy, I would say no. <laughs> golf courses have bad food, but I think for yeah. the mission, the the assignment is to s- survive the day and to. <laughs> <laughs> And to probably soak up whatever else is in your system. And so I think golf courses check a lot of boxes when you look at it through that prism. I totally agree. <laughs> the mission is to survive. Yeah, I was like, if you're looking at it through the survival lens, then then yes, golf courses, I guess, do have good food because it, it keeps you alive. Like almost 100% success rate. Yeah. Well, couldn't you, couldn't you yeah. say that that's the mission of every restaurant is to keep you alive because you need food? I wouldn't say every restaurant like you know when you start like pulling like the guy in Chicago that makes edible balloons he doesn't seem very interested in your survival <laughs> you know true. I forget what but it's on chef's table look he's, it up but yeah, um, yeah. he's it, he's like pissing yeah, on your survival yeah, yeah. he's like actually he's yeah. like actually this is gonna kill you yeah, yeah. he's like look, look at how many different things I can make that you can't can't eat and pay for it at the same time <laughs> But yeah, yes. Can you think of a time that you have laughed the absolute hardest on the golf course? Uh, I can. Uh, it's a long story, so I'll try to keep it brief. But I was playing with um, uh, two of my uncles uh, who aren't really uncles. So they're like the, those type of uncles, you know, like the guys that are play uncles, play uncles. Yeah. 
Was that appropriate? Play uncles? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, so yeah. my dad's best friends are like my best friends, you know, and one of them's a real trickster and the other one's not. And uh, the the trickster uncle had devised, had had this plan going that he was going to prank this other uncle for a while. And so, and he finally had the opportunity to do it. I think we were at Army, Navy, Fairfax in Virginia. And he, um, he scolded one over the green. And he told us all to come look at his ball because it had landed in like deer excrement, uh, <laughs> if you will. And it was not, it was a Tootsie Roll that he had chewed up really quickly and then stuck <laughs> on the ball. And then he began, he began uh, prodding and baiting my other uncle into daring him that he would not lick this ball. And after repeated attempts to get him to bet, he just went ahead and ate the Tootsie Roll anyway. And at which point the people who were nodded on the joke started gagging. Uh, and and uh, became ill uh, quickly, and so I thought that was pretty funny. I laughed pretty hard. <laughs> uh, oh the- All right, I have a follow up question. <laughs> sure. What what size tootsie roll are we talking? Are we talking pocket size? Or are we talking a, extendo? It was a mini, it was a mini, you sicko. <laughs> Yeah, anybody that gets the Tootsie Roll that they have to break off into the smaller Tootsie Rolls, like should should have like uh, like they sh- I don't know if they should have Wi-Fi. They definitely shouldn't be able to carry firearms. Like yeah, if I see no fly you, list, big if time, I, big time no fly list. If I yeah. see you walking around with the long Tootsie Roll and biting it like a Slim Jim, I'm walking the opposite direction. Yeah, yeah, chocolate, chocolate or, Slim Jim. <laughs> or if I see you with one of those flavored bullshits, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, strawberry, like orange creamsicle. Yeah, yeah, Ugh. yeah. Yo, cereal. It, it, so I, I, I grew up a church kid, so I didn't have Halloween. We had Hallelujah Night. Uh, and wait, <laughs> Hallelujah what? Night. Wait, let's, wait. Let's rewind. Your church didn't allow ex- Halloween. Explain that. My church wait, did what? not allow Halloween. Really. I, I didn't celebrate Halloween until I was 25. Is this, and this is not a, like, uh, this is just an ignorant question. Like, is it because Halloween is associated with the devil? Yes. <laughs> and like wow. the occult and death and so things like that. did you not read Harry Potter? <laughs> oh, I, I read Harry okay. Potter. Good. Um, I, I, um, yeah, I read Harry Potter. Yeah. Like, did you have to read it? <laughs> right, in, right. In with, the, with the flashlight <laughs> in Harry's room. <laughs> You had a wand, yeah. light. right? <laughs> so my my church on Halloween every year we had Hallelujah Night. So it was like themed kind of the same way. There were like you know pumpkins and like everyone uh, dressed up, like mazes and no, no, we we didn't do dress up. Okay, okay. But we always got like a we always got like a a trick or treat bag. I forget what they called it, but in those trick or treat bag. bags would be like right, right. <laughs> the the praise him bag um there'd be like a pamphlet on like like i don't know like a scripture and like a little comic and and little candies and they always put the flavored tootsie rolls in it so if i see somebody as an adult eating flavored tootsie rolls i know your trauma but you cannot have a conversation with me right you're (laughs) opting into terrible behavior it's shocking how yeah. many people pass those out on halloween 
it's disgusting. They should be, um, they should be on a list. On a those list. folks, absolutely, yeah. they should be on a list. Yeah. Meanwhile, yeah. Big Tootsie is out here like rubbing its hands together with all the, you know, all the the evil that they're casting into the world. Big Jesus tootsie. Christ. Yeah. Big Tootsie. BT. That is a great rap. They don't even know. Big, Big tootsie. tootsie. If I see a new project by Big Tootsie, I'm clicking on it. Absolutely. They, they they don't even know we got a green apple coming out next year. Yeah. <laughs> that is a ridiculous prank. That is such a it's it's so, like so many steps taken in that prank and and it's just an unnecessary <laughs> one, but so funny. Yeah, he's so an unnecessary guy. He's a totally yeah, unnecessary like guy. And uh, oh I don't God. know what compel. I think he just had tootsie, a lot of tootsie rolls lying around. It was just like, what can I do with this? What can yeah, I do with this? It's, how can I how can I leverage this? This little tootsie. What type of fecal joke can I make with this piece of candy? <laughs> He's also the Jesus. guy that like taught me a bunch of different ways that you could pee on the golf course. Um, oh, walking backwards? Walking backwards. You need that. Next to the um, tree, a slim tree. He was a big like kneel, kneeling in the middle of the fairway, bottom mm. of the shorts guy. Yeah, that's a soccer thing. Oh, yeah, soccer which was, yeah, it is. I thought was dangerous um, because... Like for obvious reasons, you're kneeling on the ground that you're peeing on. So true, (laughs) very close. You have a if you've got a back to front fairway, then you better wrap wrap it up. Uh, He taught me a lot about stuff on the golf course. Wow, yeah. I mean, there there are many ways. Hey, Casey, can I pitch that as a golfer's journal story? The, just a, a a diagram of the ways to pee on a golf. I think that, that would be a good. Fun. I think that would be a good story. We can include some photography, uh, some get, diagrams, some maybe. tasteful nudes, <laughs> a calendar of ways to pee on the golf course. Hey, Casey, can we pitch that? I'll give you five thousand words, but that's it. Yeah. <laughs> a dollar a word. that's amazing okay uh here's a a question that we've been asking our our guests in in this season uh what is your parking lot routine pre pre pre-golf well first i would say i park it's good (laughs) put it put her in park just ghost ride the whip yeah (laughs) (laughs) and then um i'd probably spend time looking for socks that i forgot in my trunk um hoping that there was a spare in there and if not, I'd go and buy socks. So you usually roll up dogs out with the big tootsies out? <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Just raw because, dog. <laughs> because I guess you are in you're in Oceanside, California. Yeah. It's, it rolls a little different out there. I don't understand the point of wanting to go play golf if you can't let Big Tootsie out immediately after. You know? It's like facts. You know, it's deli- it's deferred happiness. Really, yeah. <laughs> like it's it's like the it's the brownie batter blizzard after dinner for me, mm. you know, is <laughs> just letting them out. Um, so Birkenstocks are a must, you know. Yeah. So swap the Berkies out. I really don't spend a lot of time um, in the parking lot. Sorry to let you down, but I'm usually late to the tee or on the tee. No, that's that's a perfect answer. That's great. Yeah, yeah. and so I'm you're, you're uh, booking just it. Grab it and go. I'm picturing the socks that you've discarded in your trunk just like you roll up your tea time is in 37 seconds and you pop the trunk open and they're just like ah. <laughs> <laughs> like 
you again. Like a vampire. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you again. Yeah. No, that's exact. And oftentimes, I'm a double sock guy. Um, what? What? Yeah. Word? Yeah. Keep the dogs clean. What? Yeah. My feet are unbelievable. You should see them. Why? Because you're, you're double socking. <laughs> Why? Why are my feet unbelievable? Your feet are, your feet are unbelievable. My feet what does that are, mean? Finish, my, finish yeah. the sentence. What does that mean? It looks like I haven't worked a day in my life. It looks like, like I've unbelievably never walked anywhere. Like they're, like they're soft. Clean, supple, soft. Smooth as whatever you want to imagine. <laughs> I think you I don't know that I've ever ever heard anyone brag about how smooth their feet are. <laughs> I, I think you really might be that joke. You might be yeah. in the wrong industry. I want I want these babies smooth well, as eggs. Smooth as eggs. <laughs> I'm getting some work done. <laughs> yeah, no they're really wow. smooth. I didn't I didn't know how how smooth they actually were till I got out in the world and started seeing other people's feet. And then you saw Shaq's Dude, feet and you're I, like, "Oh, okay." Yeah, I can't wait to title this episode. <laughs> Casey Bannon has spo- has really smooth feet. Unreal feet. <laughs> unreal. It's unreal feet. Uh, unreal. Feet. Oh my god. But yeah, I, you're you're in the wrong business, my friend. I think you could be making some more money doing. You could be doing making some so much uh, money. Supple male feet. I don't doing what. What are you Come selling? On. Feet pics, yeah, bro. Feet picks. Oh, I see. What? Yeah. You don't have you don't have to Come show on. your face. You don't have you don't even have to use your real name. <laughs> well, the only yeah. I would say the only thing that to- uh, Big Tootsie, K- that there's your name. K- Big Tootsie. Casey Ten Toes. <laughs> <laughs> he got Casey Ten Toes. <laughs> ten Toes down. <laughs> big Big Tootsie's first single off the album, Ten Toes Down. Ten Toes Down. If you if you're oh. wondering where I went. Uh, I just put in my letter of res- resignation as a golfer girl <laughs> and pursuing this next venture. It's an audio medium, Casey. We can see that. Yeah. <laughs> Our listeners don't know. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. That's insane. Bro, oh my what? God. Yeah. So two, one sock feels naked at this point. It like. Wow. It's weird. Are you. When when you put on like Vans or Chucks or no, I don't know what. Barefoot. New Balances. Yeah. Oh. What? Oh. Barefoot you you vans? raw dog your, your sneakers? Barefoot vans for sure, for sure. Uh, you, yeah, you, that's a so Southern California thing. boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. Barefoot vans for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. The nine nine threes, I had them on yesterday. Two pairs, one low, one high, and uh, wow, extra support. I just find regular socks too thin. Too thin. <laughs> you should you get should the you should get the NBA sock. brand sock. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah no, that, that they got hella padding. That does it. Like if I had a, you know, or what it wear was? some it's like, like hiking socks in high school. But mm-hmm. it, like when you when I was playing basketball in high school, the swag move was to wear yeah. two different color Nike yes. Elite socks. So yes, it, it, you know, it looked like I that had. That's going to be my next question. Do you go yeah. two tone? No. Just white, just white. On so you just go white, 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 so. white, white. You well, go now, white, low, white. Yeah, exactly. It, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you have two logos? So you got you got a low logo and a well, high logo. I'm not. Am I wearing? No, none of my none of my socks have logos. Um, I don't. I don't like mm. lo- logos on the socks. Oh shit! I do have one pair of Olympic golf club quarter quarter three quarter socks, which I like I a three quarter su- sock. Yeah, super fly. So I'll, I'll wear those. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. 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 No, it's just white. Just whites. Connor, I, I, I wore those um those socks from Augusta the other day. Oh, you wow. did? Good. Wow. They 
they go up above the kneecap. Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Them, what? They are old man socks. Them, them Johns are for like minimum, like average age seventy five. Absolutely. Do they have copper? And you in know, them? <laughs> they yeah, might exactly. <laughs> and you, you know the the average wearer of those socks is dry as hell up under those too. Yeah, exactly. They have to they have to take like, them off. Mo- they flake moisture first, and then sock. Right, like Andy Bernard going to hit driving range balls, get some put the lotion in the glove. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like of mice and men has to lotion up the. the <laughs> <laughs> Woof! Wow, this took a fucking turn. Jesus yeah. Christ! I'm not mad. None about of it. this is making it. I think Drew's been on mute trying to say something for five minutes. Uh-oh. No, I'm good. I, w- I oh, was okay. on mute. <laughs> I've, ju- I've just been. I've just, just been. Make sure. I've just I'm been saying good. things. I've just, just been saying about things. You, my friend. I know. Yeah. I've. I've just been All saying. Right. You know, not d- dusty legs, man. I. I'm. I'm, uh, I'm glad. Legs. I'm glad I've been on mute. I'm. I'm glad I've been on mute. <laughs> <laughs> Powdered legs. Uh, All right. Casey has ridiculous feet. Unbelievable. Unbelievable feet. feet yeah. Yeah. It's true. Wow. Double shot. Oh, I love it. Okay, I got one more for you. Mm-hmm. This podcast is graciously sponsored by Red Rooster, which is a glove company. Mm-hmm. Where do you put your glove when you're playing golf? Do you wear with? A, do you play with a glove? Do you wear a glove? I do. Just one glove, though. Just one glove. Yeah, not two gloves. Not <laughs> yeah. two, two. Not two, two on one hand. Gloves. <laughs> a medium and then a cadet large. Who did that? Andy Bernard in the office, like when he yes. he filled his uh, glove with ointment or something and golf. Yes, blisties. Yeah. yeah. No, just Blisties. one. But. We made this. What um, do you What do you do with your glove when you're playing? Do, what, like, do you wear it when you're walking down the fairway? Do you put it oh, in a particular no. pocket? As soon as the shot is over, I believe in taking off your glove and um, yeah, and and putting it in your pocket. I think that um, I just don't like the way it looks walking with a glove without a golf club in your hand. Um, I agree. I also tried for about a year, two years strong. I went with um, the coocher around the belt loop. Mm. Oh. And I thought that was pretty cool. And then I just forgot to keep doing it. And it just went mm. in the back pocket. Yeah. But so back, which, which side back, right or back left, just back center belt loop. Well, if you have a, if you had a center lined belt loop, but probably back, back, right, back, right. If it was off. Okay. Yeah. Do you find yeah. that, that with it, with it being out there, that it helps with the uh, aeration and, and it keeps it the glove drier when it's it not stuffed in a, in a hot pocket. Okay. Mm. It's, it's I actually t- like that idea. Yeah, it's totally an airflow thing, and it just signals that you're really about this life. I think you're a, pl- you're a, pl- yeah. you're a player. You're ready yeah. to go. You're like yeah. I I I'm taking. I'm aware of everything that's going on right now. So, so much so that I've chosen to put this glove here. Follow up question. Sure. Do you, uh, assuming you play with a belt on, belt. do you? tuck it behind the belt or do you strap it through that that rear center loop and velcro it? you strap it through and and velcro it on the other side really yeah well otherwise it's just going to fall out there's no you know we need we need integrity you're talking about tugging it sandwiching it between the pant and the belt the pant and the belt yeah that's a high risk maneuver yeah that that could fall out it's well i got a big butt mine would stay (laughs) She got the dumper. Mine would stay. I, I, 
I, I push the limits of all the, the booties in all my pants. So mine's right. mine stay. You got a shelf. But, as, but I feel like as Drew says, uh, it would it would stress the integrity <laughs> of the glove. You would get now it would be damp and crinkled. You know, you're, you're not wrong. Whereas you really yeah. want it flowing. Yeah. Yeah, like a flag. It, 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 do you have it down like you know, you could do like mindless tasks with your left hand if you're right handed or, you know, vice versa. Do you have it down to where after the shot is over? You can one hand, like you take the glove off with the other hand, and then one hand Velcro through the. Yeah. Damn! How long you been doing that? Um, I did. Uh, I probably stopped about two years ago. Um, wow. But yeah, I would try if you're interested in getting good at this. I would try like opening a Tesla, and that really gives you the 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 thumb dexterity that you need yeah. for this for this. Maneuver. We'll just we'll practice on our we'll practice on our Teslas. Yeah. Just go then, to yeah. the Tesla store and just ask if you could open the doors a few hundred times. <laughs> I don't want to drive it. Can we just? I just want to open its doors repeatedly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying it. to get good at something. Yeah. Yeah. Why is that guy wearing a golf glove? <laughs> <laughs> It's not a driving glove. It's not a driving glove. It's a golf right. glove. Yeah. Um, wow. Terrific. Damn, Casey. You really took us on a spin. We have another segment. Okay. Uh, this podcast is also graciously sponsored by our friends at BetterHelp. Yeah. BetterHelp is the online therapy platform mm-hmm. where you can log in from anywhere, anywhere golf is played. Anywhere in the fucking world. And talk to your therapist. And... Uh, Drew, do you have your angel cards with you? I actually don't because I'm not in my typical oh, recording. Fuck. Oh, Jesus. That's okay. I do. All right, great. So this better help moment of clarity is uh, something we started this season mm-hmm. uh, where these angel cards here that I will. These angel cards, they have uh, words, phrases. Um, <clears throat> something to get you thinking. Sure. Uh, they all have one word on them. I'll draw one randomly, present it to you, give you uh, some time to riff on that, whatever this word means to you, how it's sitting with you, mm-hmm. how you find this word in your life now. Okay. The word is presence. Mm. This is the most crucial thing, I think, in my life, definitely over the past past year i'd say how does anybody in this super noisy world um just exist in where they are trust that things will work out it's incredibly difficult i can do it for a few moments here and there and then i get swept up in in the tides of life and start i'm in the future i'm in the past i'm problem solving for the future and um and i think the the thing that lets me know i'm getting better at it is that it used to be weeks and months before I would turn to presence, and now it's a matter of hours or days. And I think that's all you can ask for. But, you know, when you talk about things like anxiety, I haven't found anything that, that combats it better than presence um, mm. uh, because there's really nowhere else. There's, no, there's nowhere for that to live anymore um, in, mm. in presence. And it's a word that, like, I tried... I did not understand. I tell you, like for years, people would say it and I would get angry. Like, what do you be present? Be Be present. present, Just be present. And so you got to find your your own meaning. And uh, actually, the good way to do that is like stand over a golf ball and um, 
within that moment, most likely you'll be present. And if not, bad things are about to happen. You are not wrong. Yeah. That was very thoughtfully well answered. Yeah. yeah. Damn. Yeah. It's a good word. I, I was going to ask until you until you said golf shot. Like, what are some strategies? How do you how do you stay present? You you posed a great question. How does one stay present in a noisy ass world? How do you do that? Uh, um, I've sort of like developed a series of cues um, to help me return. It's different for everybody. Like I've heard of people doing this at red lights or, or stoplights, mm. and they'll sort of meditate or fixate on that red light to try to bring them back to presence. I'll meditate in the morning, which helps me sort of get ready for the day, uh, usually about 10 minutes or so, where I'm just trying to think of absolutely nothing except uh, and feel, like feel what's going on in my mm. body, uh, feel energy flowing through it. I know that sounds crazy, but you you can actually get in tune with um, mm. energy or your breath and whatnot. And then now if, if I'll get super out of whack, I'll start, um, I'll start by listening, listening to the sounds. And so there's almost, um, if you're in a room with a refrigerator, you won't notice the refrigerator hum until you cue in on it. And it's, mm. if I can just listen, like there's an AC going on right now, you can't be all over the map and you can't be in, I got to send this email when I get home and, and uh, I'm behind on this thing, et cetera, if you're truly listening. So mm -hmm. um, going, feeling, trying to feel what's going on inside your body and listening for the ambient sounds or anything out there is like two that have been working pretty good for me. But they're like swing thoughts. Sometimes they just don't work anymore. You got to find a new one. That's awesome. Yeah. That's a yeah, I love that. Shit. Man. Damn, Casey. Yeah, buddy. That was amazing. Prophetic. Thank you. That was fun. That was a lot yeah. of fun. Do you have any questions for us? I would don't like wanna, to know. Don't want to hog up all the time. I would like to know what what your plans are uh, for the podcast in the future. And, um, and um, you know, really, what's your, what? Let, let's be on. What's your price? Oh, God. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, Stop recording right now. Uh, we're going we're gonna to sell it. We're going to sell it to Barstool for all it's worth. Yep. I knew 2. it. That's 5 why million. I asked the question. Yeah. Damn it. They offered us, they, they offered us. us the most. I mean, but how is it going? Do you, I mean, th this is hopefully something that is, is going to be here for a long time and evolve. Right? This is actually, this is actually the last episode. Yeah. yeah no, the feet, I, the I, feet, I, the feet thing is going to get us canceled. So. Again, I, yeah, I was gathering. <laughs> I was gathering that. <laughs> no, it's good, man. Yeah. It's fun. Um, well, first of all, thank you for, thank you for taking the time. It's uh, it's an honor. This was really fun to get to know you a little bit better. And your feet, very cool. And your feet. Yeah.